stand, please. I can tell y'all want to go to church now. We're going to go to John chapter 1. And uh, before we do, I'm going to just say that this is going to be a, a lot better year than last year. Let me say it another year. If you want 2021 to be better than 2020, I dare you to give God a praise like you really want shift. You want something to change. So we've entered into this new year, and I'm going to preach hope to you today. Because you are not a hopeless people. You serve a good God. When I started praying about 2021 and prophetically asking God what he would have me to speak at the bearishth of this year, at the beginning, at the, at the commencement of this year, I kept seeing 2021, but I could only hear one. And the Lord began to deal with me about one. You know, the first thing that Jewish children learn is Deuteronomy 6 Four. Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. The last thing that a Jewish person will say before they die is Deuteronomy 6, 4. Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. And the Lord began to deal with me about this subject of one. Just say that. One. John chapter 1 verse 22 says, Then said they unto him, speaking of John the Baptist, who are you that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What do you say for yourself? And he said, listen to John the Baptist, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then if thou be not the Christ, nor Elijah, neither a prophet? And John answered saying, listen carefully, I baptize with water, but there stands one. There stands one among you, whom you know not. He it is, who is coming after me that is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unleash or unloose. Now watch Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, listen carefully, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. I'm going to preach a message entitled this, this morning, Are You the One or Should We Look for Another? Just say that to someone next to you. Are you the one 
or should we look for another? Lift those hands, please. Father, we thank you that there's an open heaven over this sanctuary. I ask that the power of God show up in this building today. That the wind of the Holy Spirit would blow in this house today. Things that were dead will begin to live again because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Dreams that have died will be resurrected by the power of the Holy Ghost. Someone will recall purpose today. Someone will recount their blessings today. Someone will realize they are not an accident, but they were born on purpose. I thank you, God, that things are shifting even in this atmosphere right now. Even as we have crossed over to the first Sunday of a new year, you're going to do something absolutely incredible, not just for us, but among us. So we throw our hands up and we lift our voice to you and we say, Lord, have your way. Do what only you can do. We break every generational curse. We dismiss every generational spirit. Baptize somebody in the Holy Ghost today, Lord. Let someone who is lost find their way in Jesus' name. I want you to take 10 sanctified seconds and give God the biggest praise you can give him today just before you sit down. Father, we bless you. Come on, is there any Jesus lovers? Tell your neighbor it's on in the building and you can be seated. <clears throat> I was telling you about that birth yesterday of this beautiful boy, River Ricky, my son. You know, for an hour and a half, my wife sat there pushing and there was two ladies in there. And I mean, I was getting tired of every three minutes going back and saying, come on, baby, you got this. It went on and on and on. Then after about an hour and a half, Josh, they said, okay, now it's time to deliver the baby. So I'm thinking, what have we been doing the last hour and a half? All of a sudden, the atmosphere of the room shifted. They started wheeling stuff in. Tables with tools. Looked like something about to be built. And they said, now, some more people are going to come in. And I looked up, and six women came marching in. I thought it was like the mob. And they start organizing. They start moving stuff around. They started preparing stuff. And I'm thinking, what? They really didn't tell us what actually is going on at this point. And I'm thinking, something is about to happen. And that lady looked over at me that had been coaching with me for the last hour and a half. She said, we're about to have this baby. I said, you better preach in this room, child, because I'm ready. When they got everything situated, it was almost like they took their position. And the door opened, and here come a chattering lady. And she said, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And it was like everyone was at attention until she arrived. But she didn't walk in until everything was prepared for her to deliver the child. 
Y'all not hearing me right there. Everything was set perfectly up, cleaned up. It was like a whole new room just because this one person was about to show up. And when she walked in, every one of them said, hello, doctor, hello, doctor, hello, doctor. She was the distinction in the crowd. I'm not a nurse. I'm a doctor. And I'm not here to be here all day long. She looked right at Jovan and she said, you're about to bring this baby out. In other words, I'm not here to play with you. These other people have been coaching you. But I'm in control. Can I tell y'all two pushes? And River Ricky was out. Because authority walked in the room. Education walked in the room. The most important room or the most important person in the room other than the baby was that doctor. They shifted the table. They lifted the table. They made her comfortable. Do you need anything? And she was just chatting it up. And she just looked at Giovanna and she said, now push. And then she asked the other lady, how has she been pushing? And so we told her. And she said, that ain't going to get it. She said, we're going old-fashioned. She said, grab this towel. Giovanna took that towel and she called one of them big nurses <laughs> to grab the other end of the towel. I'm talking about tatted up. This lady looked like she would put a whooping on you. She grabbed the other end of the towel and she looked at Giovanna like this, pull. I said, girl, you better pull. I said, I don't know how you're going to pull and push at the same time, but you better get to pulling and pushing. And when that lady pulled on that towel, let me tell you something, things started shifting. And that doctor said, push that baby out. And that baby came out. You know why? Because the one showed up. Many of us have been trying to bring forth stuff in this earth, but we've been doing it with cheerleaders and not the captain. You've been doing it wanting people patting you on the back, but there's not been any authority, Jesus Christ, that says now it's time. Because I can tell you, when Jesus walks in the room, all the angels sit down. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? When Jesus walks in the room, all the problems walk out the room. When Jesus walks in the room, things that are supposed to be birthed are going to be birthed. Can I, can I tell you something? This is the labor and delivery unit this morning. And Jesus is showing up saying, this is your year, 2021. If you believe it, you ought to give God praise right now. You've been carrying stuff. Somebody shouted, this is the one. I dare you to throw your head back and scream, this is the year I've been looking for. Say it. Woo. So I started thinking about it and I started, I started saying, you know, the old axiom is true that no man is an island to himself. And that's very true. The interdependence that is seen throughout Scripture, units, unity, the unity of many becoming a unit. The prayer of Jesus in John 17, Father, make them one. They all speak the same thing. The Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Well, if that is true, 
then isn't one necessary? Listen, I'm glad to know one can put a thousand. But the thought of two putting 10,000? Strong thought. Helen Keller said this, I am only one. But still, I am one. I cannot do everything. But still, I can do something. And because I cannot do everything... I will not refuse to do something that I can do. I read this quote this morning. There is only one of you in all time. This expression is unique. If you block it, it will never exist through any other form or fashion. It will be lost, meaning you will be lost. God started everything that he started with one man. Then he made that man a companion and then told that man that his companion that was made out of him would become one with him. God has an incredible consideration when it comes to the thought of one. So I start thinking, it is our uniqueness that makes the unit strong. It is your uniqueness that brings strength to the unit. But never use your distinction to bring division in the unit. I'm going to say all that again because it just went right over some of your heads. It is your uniqueness that brings strength to the unit. But never use your distinction to bring divisiveness in the unit. That's why we are all members of one body. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Talk back to me. Every one of us are conspicuous in our ability to do what we do. And we have taught for centuries and decades of how you're supposed to fit in the family. And there's no greater time than now for us to exercise that power of unity. But sometimes I think that we have wrapped our minds so much around inclusiveness that we have forgotten the power of exclusivity. Jesus said, I am the door. Have I lost y'all? He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. Now that's an incredible statement of authority. But I think there's more to it than the phrase. I think there's a principle that we are looking over. Jesus is so incredibly interested, not just in all of us, He is interested in every one of us. Are y'all with me today? For example, we all say one day, the Lord spoke to me and said, change it up. Stop saying one day and start saying day one. Are y'all hearing me? 
Stop saying one day and start saying this is day one to the best year that I'm going to ever enjoy in my entire life. This is day one to the greatest destiny anyone can ever live. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This, somebody shouted, this is day one. Stop saying one day I'll get it done. One day I'll be that. One day I'll enjoy that. One day things will change. Change your mind and say this is day one to the greatest miracle that I will ever have in my entire life. If there's anybody excited about day one, I double dog dare you to give him a praise that'll knock the roof off this house. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them this is day one. This is day one. So I start thinking about the principle of one. And my mind went to the principle of one seed. It takes one seed. There's a tree in the seed. There is fruit in the tree. But there's no fruit without the tree. And there's no tree without the seed. Not many seeds. One seed produces the tree that produces much fruit. Where was the fruit? The fruit was in the tree. Where was the tree? The tree was in the seed. It takes one decision to change your entire destiny. Let me tell, tell you like this. It takes many windows for you to handle one blessing. He said, and I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I'm going to say it again. It takes many windows to handle one blessing. God is about to pour you out a blessing that is not going to fit in one window. In other words, it's not going to come one direction. This is a multifaceted year of the many blessings of God that's going to come from many directions. But it is a blessing. One blessing from God can change your entire life. One word from Jesus Christ can change everything in your world. Somebody thank him right there. Everything that God starts, he starts with one. T.D. Jake said it like this, the power of change begins with one. Whether it be Nelson Mandela or Rosa Parks saying, I'm not sitting on the back of the bus no more. All it takes is one. I came by to ask you this morning and now we're through telling little cute stories. I came by here to get in your face and ask you a stern question. Are you the one? Or should we look for somebody else? Are you the one that's going to break the generational curse in your family? Or is it going to be your nephew? Are you the one that's going to change the vicious cycle of destruction? Or should we look for your cousin? Somebody look at your name and tell them why not you and why not now? God's always connected himself to the idea of one. Oh, I don't have time to preach this whole thing this morning. 
Luke 15. Oh, I know it's good now. Luke 15. There's a parable. How many parables? One parable that talks about one son that left the father's house. The parable is called the prodigal son and it's really not about the son, it's about the loving father. The one son left and the father didn't chase him. He left and the father stayed home. That's not just throwing that out there for all you Christian people that think the pastor's supposed to be chasing you everywhere to be sure you're okay. You ain't killing me like that. The father stayed home until the prodigal came back. The parable's about one son. Same parable. One sheep was lost and the shepherd left the flock to go find the one that was lost. The sheep didn't leave. He was lost. The son left. The sheep was lost. There's a difference in you leaving and you being lost. Preach in the building, Pastor Rick. Then there's in the same one parable the story of one coin that a lady swept the whole house looking for how many coins? One coin. Till she found it. It belonged to a set of ten that made a headband for a woman that was about to be married. In other words, she said, my arrangement is not complete until the one that is lost, where? In the house, is found. Many of you are in the house, but you're not in the arrangement. You're in the house, but you're not in the set. You're in the house, but you're not in position. And she swept till she found it so that the set can be complete. Lord, help the people here today. God is always interested in how many? One. I was thinking about the power of one. And my mind went to Genesis chapter 12 where the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, listen carefully, get out of your country from your kindred from your father's house and go to a land I will show you. He didn't say invite your daddy. He didn't say bring your, bring he said you go. Watch this. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. When Isaiah refers to it in verse 2 of chapter 51, he says, Look to Abraham, your father. I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Can I just really encourage you today? This is a year that God is going to deal with you. You. It's time for you alone. One, to look in the mirror. Quit praying for God to fix everybody else and everything else so you will be comfortable and start praying, God, fix me so that I will fit and not frustrate. Search me 
and see if there be any iniquity in me and remove it far from me. If God is not interested in one, then that one should show the same intimacy to the father that loves him. So I've been saying, God, deal with Rick this year. I know you're going to take care of Giovanna. I know you're going to take care of River. I know you're going to take care of Quest. But I need you to get with me right here. Because it's in solitude that Jacob wrestles with an angel. It's in solitude that Elijah hears the still small voice. It's in solitude that Jesus prays, not my will, but your will be done. Some things you're never going to hear until you by yourself. Some things you're never going to experience until you get to a place where it's just you and God. When God wanted to build a nation, he called one man. I'm going to say it again. When God wanted to build a nation, he did not call a board. He did not call a family. He did not call a community. He did not call a congregation. He called one man named Abraham. Lord have mercy. When he wanted to take that nation into Egypt in order for them to survive, he called one man. That man's name was Joseph. When he wanted to take that nation and bring them out of Egypt, he called one man. That man's name was Moses. Whew. Moses. Stuttering, stammering lip Moses. Why? Because when Pharaoh found out what was going on, he said, kill all the babies that are two and under. Because if I get all of them, I will miss none of them. But God saved one of them because while he was killing babies, one was floating in a basket among the Nile River. Some of you do not realize that while everything was dying around you, God saved you. God had you reserved. God preserved you because you are the one. See, we don't want to say that because we have been messed up in our minds about our individuality. We've been messed up in our minds about our personal identity. Until you know who you are, you cannot effectively serve your spouse. Until you know who you are, you cannot effectively fit into a congregation. It's time for you to discover you. And you've got to get okay with God chose me. Ooh, I'm preaching better than you talking back, but I'm going to go ahead with it. Hey man, I know you're getting it. I know you're getting it, but I just feel it in my soul. So Moses, Joseph takes them into Egypt. Moses brings them out of Egypt. And then God calls another guy to take them into the promised land. One man named Joshua. How many men? What was that man doing? Serving the other man. One was serving the other one. So I've done prepared this message. I'm in the shower. I'm washing my hair, and God speaks. And I'm sorry I forgot to tell you to put this in the notes. Here's what God said. Until you can respect authority, other people will never receive your anointing. 
Your respect to the one determines your reception of the many. People are watching you. So when you can't respect the one, then you're not going to get respect from the others. God chose Joshua because Joshua served Moses. Some of y'all still like, I, I don't know about this message. Just sit there and be still now. Or the Holy Ghost about to hit you. But I ain't never going to bring you something that deep without having words. I'm about to blow your mind with Joshua. Joshua 3, 7. And the Lord said to Joshua. This is what God told Joshua. This day, I will begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel. That they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Wait a minute. I thought we supposed to magnify God, but what are you going to do when God says, now I'm going to magnify you? Magnify means to make big. What do you do when God pours out so much favor on one family member? And he does it for two reasons. Number one, to show you what everybody else in the family is made of. And number two, for you to help those who are less fortunate than you are. So God said, I'm going to begin to magnify you. And in chapter 4, verse 14, on that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. Listen, and they feared him. As they feared Moses all the days of his life. Now I'm not talking about dreadful fear. I'm not talking about scared he's going to get us. It's a matter of reverence. Because what you revere will be attracted to you. The problem with church today is we have no reverence. We've lost the gift of reverence among the community of believers. There's something about honor. There's something about respect. There's something about gratitude. Amen. And today he said, I'm going to magnify you in the eyes of Israel. Here's the problem. We always fight for what has been magnified in front of us. We're all, we spend our lives trying to tear it down to what we think it ought to be. So when Joseph is favored, the brothers manifest. So when you are the one, don't be surprised with what familiar people do with you. When God suddenly puts his anointing on you and chooses you, your very family don't know what to do with you because they think you don't deserve it because they know your past. And God did it to expose their hearts. And God did it to position you to help those that rejected you because there's a time that you're going to have to look at them and say, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Now let me feed you. The enemy will fight with all he has to stop the one. Herod kills all the babies looking for one. He kills them all, Stephanie. Looking for how many? One. If I kill them all, I'll get that one. So he will go to any extent to wipe your conspicuous nature out. You're choosing, you're anointing, you're calling. He will do anything to wipe it out. Yes. 
So the question I present to you today is, are you going to fall into the trap of feeling insignificant? Or will you ask yourself, am I the one? Am I the one? How many times have you ever just sat down with God in the presence of God and said, God, why have you kept me? Why do I wake up every morning with a desire to talk to you first? Why, why do I have this burning desire for your word? And my cousins and my brothers and sisters are acting crazy, but I'm weird. Because they're wanting to play and I'm wanting to pray. Everybody's forsaking, but I'm wanting to hold on. It's not you. It's God. He's called you. Lift one hand and just say, I am the one. Come on, just say it. Yeah, you are. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one that can make a difference in your world. Esther wasn't just one of the maidens. She was the one. Stop being one of. We spend so much time trying to fit in. Stop just saying, I don't want to be one of. Or, or stop saying, I, I, don't, I just want to be one of. No, stop being one of. Be the one. I'm going to say it again. Stop being one of. Start saying, I'm the one. When you say, I just want to be one of, you're just saying, I just want to fit in. I want, I want to be hugged. No, let me tell you something. When you're the one, you don't get hugged all the time. See, when you're the one, critics show up. They used to be companions. When you're the one, everybody doesn't just welcome you. You're, you're so, no, but God's up there saying, hang in there. People are going to leave you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to run you down. But you are the one that I've called. This feels weird, doesn't it? Do you feel that? Do you feel that? It feels weird because suddenly we're talking about you. It's easy to deflect responsibility on God. It's easy to look at everybody else. But no, this morning, I'm talking to you. Could it be that God said, I have my hand on you, and I'm about to magnify you? In other words, when you walk into a room, people are not going to be able to ignore you. Because you're going to fill the room with your presence. I've anointed you. I have called you. I have blessed you. God tells David, did I not choose you from following the sheep to leading them? Did I not test you and try you? Some of you have been wondering why you've been in this test. Because it's part of the choosing of God in your life. I'll stop. Because I could preach this thing all day. I'm skipping all my notes here. How powerful is one? Romans 5, 17. For if by the trespass of the one man. How many men? One man. Death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. 
One man fail, one man did not. Who are you? Are you the one that's going to give in to the circumstance? Give in to the temptation? Give in to fleshly activity? Are you the one? Are you the one that says, I'm not partaking? If I have to stand by myself, I'll stand by myself. Until you understand your significance in this earth, you will always be wandering aimlessly through this life. You are not just anybody going anywhere. You are someone going somewhere. And it's time for some of you to get the cognizant recognition of who you are. Put your hand right here. I am special. Say it. Come on. I am special. Don't feel guilty. Because we've got these terms and these phrases like this. You are not all that in a bag of chips. And we love to tell people that. And it's really fun. And it's really funny. You're not all that with cookies and milk. You need to look at somebody and tell them, I am all that cookies, milk, chips, dip, steak, gravy, potatoes, and corn. I'm all that. Now, why are you... Why are you being so adamant about it, Pastor Rick? Because Scripture is. Anything powerful God did in Scripture, he used one. One. And why are you always looking for somebody else to be the one when God has called you to be the one? I can tell you, you don't want that responsibility. That's too much weight. That's too much weight. To think that I'm the one. And the enemy's laughing in the corner saying I got them beat down. They'll always live with an inferiority complex. They'll always live with the feeling of being insignificant and unimportant. And then suddenly arise. Listen to it. Isaiah 61. Listen to it. Arise. Shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen on you. It's not the light of who he is. It's the light of who you are. My light has come. Arise, shine. My light has come. Oh, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. You can do it. Come on, say it. I can do it. Say these words with me. I can be anointed. I can be appointed. I can achieve. I can be what God called me to be. By myself, I can do exploits in God. Because greater is he who lives in me than he that lives in this world. You are one. And it only takes one to save an entire world. It only takes one to bring a movement in this earth that brings reformation that you've never seen before. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Lift your hands and say yes today. Come on, just say it over and over. Yes, Lord. Just tell him yes. Yes, tell him yes. I accept that you have made me fearfully and wonderfully. I accept the fact that I am anointed. I accept the fact that you have mantled me to reach my generation. Quit excusing your call. 
so that you can live in ease and comfort. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Can you pray in the garden by yourself? Can you worship when nobody else is worshiping? Can you do everything God has called you to do? Yes, you can. Say it. Yes, I can. Stand on your feet and lift both hands as high as you can and tell him yes today. Whose example are we following? His. Watch this with your hands raised. Here you go. John the Baptist says, go ask him this question. Are you the one or should we look for another? Listen, he was looking for confidence. Jesus told him, hey, go tell John the Baptist the blind are seeing. The lepers are being cleansed. The dead are being raised to life. When you tell him that, he'll know that I'm the one. See, when you are operating in what God has called you to do, people will question it, but with confidence, you have to say, things are changing. Lift those hands, everybody. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. To the one who overcame, we lift you higher.
significant one is and some of you have laid your purpose and your involvement and your call on the shelf but today you're going to pick it up because you are the one shout it as loud as you can I'm the one I am anointed come on I am called I am appointed I am authorized I can do all things through Christ Follow the Holy Ghost here. Woo! Don't leave this building 
Don't leave this building. Sunday. Oh, Jesus, move by the Holy Ghost here. If you're here and you say, Pastor Rick, I needed to hear this word because I've been feeling so unimportant, so disconnected, so insignificant, but suddenly God called me today. I remember I'm the one. I'm the one that God called out of darkness into his light. I'm the one that God pulled out of the mud and into ministry. I'm the one that could be addicted to drugs, but I'm anointed by God. I'm the one. If that's you, come to this altar right now. You say, this is my word. We can social distance, but you need to get here and put your mantle on today. You need to get here and get your assignment back today. If that's you, come on, come on, come on. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just spread out a little bit, if you will. Jamie, singing again up underneath the anointing. That's right. Yeah. And you know what you're telling God? I'm the least. I'm the, you're hiding from God's call. We're going to sing this song one more time. And some of you know you have stepped out of your purpose. And you've been distracted from your personal destiny. And while we sing it, you need to come. If you need to stand 10 feet apart, whatever you need to do, you need to be in this altar. Because something is about to shift in your destiny. But if you feel like Gideon... I'm inferior. I can't do that. Moses said, who am I? That's who God loves. It's people that will say, who am I? I'm the least. And you're the very one God's looking for. You the very, God has a peculiar way of using failures. God has a peculiar way of, of using people that feel inferior. As we sing it, would you come to the altar? Come on.
Come on, lift those hands all over this building. Now I want you to throw your head back and shout to the Lord with your hands up. Come on, shout like you. Come on, come on, shout right here. You, wait, wait, some of you, let me just tell you about you. Some of you have that naming complex. When he shows up at the prophet's house to be healed, and the prophet said, go dip in the muddy Jordan seven times. And the servant said, do you realize who you're talking to? I'm too dignified to be dipping in a muddy Jordan. And it was a test of his pride. So when we say shout, you say I'm uncomfortable doing that. And it's the very thing God is telling you to do. Because he's trying to break every inhibition, every inferiority off of your life. You need it off of you. And you need to be free to walk in who God called you to be. We break the chains today. We break the chains today. You are free to be who God called you to be. So shout to God with the voice of your kin people is it okay to choose you he didn't take a vote he chose you so say it I'm chosen I am selected I am unique I am conspicuous amen hallelujah are you the one let me ask you one more time are you the one You are. Your family will change not because of the revival in it. The revival will start because of the revival in you. Quit praying for revival for everybody else and ask God to revive you. Lift your hands one more time and pray after me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for diminishing my call. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, forgive me, forgive me for just trying to fit in. Forgive me for looking for the flow when I am the flow. Forgive me for setting my call aside today I pick up my significance and I will walk 
like I am called. That's it. In Jesus' name, give him praise right there, y'all. Come on.